Hi, Carlos. Thank you very much for joining us. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, excited for this and uh, happy to be here. Good. No, as I say, thank you very much for joining us. It's, it's great you could take time out your, your busy schedule at the minute um, to, to take time and speak to us and be a, a first guest, which is absolutely fantastic as well. So thank you again for coming along. So how how's things going at the minute in the off-season? Um, it was pretty calm there for a bit once we first got back um, in May, did our two weeks of quarantine and uh, got out and obviously um, to see family and friends and and um, settle into our, our new place that we bought back home. So um, that's kind of what took up a lot of the bulk of our time um, until I uh, came to the Gold Cup here in, in the U.S., um, since uh, early July and I've uh, been busy with that uh, starting Kansas City and now we're in Dallas here uh, for the quarterfinal match uh, on Sunday. Amazing, amazing. So of course the the viewers in Scotland will know who you are from your time with the Five Flyers but it'd be great if you could talk us through um, a little bit of your bulky journey before we go into the, the mental performance side of things. Yeah, for sure. I uh, grew up playing hockey in, in Vancouver, Canada. I started when I was five or six years old. Um, was the first really in my in my family to to play ice hockey. Uh, coming from an Italian and Mexican background, not very uh, traditional hockey uh, countries. So uh, yeah, I was the first out of all my cousins and and everyone uh, to play to play ice hockey. So. Um, got into that. Uh, it was quite natural to do that growing up in Vancouver and having the cheering on for the Canucks, the Vancouver Canucks growing up. And uh, I guess I begged my dad to take me ice skating and all that and, and put me in there and just took off from there and played uh, my minor hockey all at, in Burnaby, um, my hometown just outside of Vancouver and played my junior hockey there as well. Then went on to play at the University of Alaska at Fairbanks, NCAA Division One hockey. And four years there, graduated and played two years of uh, pro in in America in the ECHL uh, in the now defunct uh, Las Vegas Wranglers organization. And um, then I moved on to Europe. Uh, my first year was in Denmark. Then I played five seasons in the UK. Um, and my last season now here in the Ursa Liga in Brashoff. So it's been uh, a good good run so far, and I've enjoyed uh, every minute of it and seen the world. Um, so it's been uh, a great experience, and I uh, wouldn't have changed anything. Brilliant, brilliant. So obviously growing up in that environment, it was natural to go into ice hockey, but, but why not anything else like soccer over there or any other American sports? Um, well, I did. It was, uh, like you said, soccer, so football and hockey um, until I was 15, 15 or 16. And then it kind of got too conflicting to, to play both at a, at a higher level. And um, I think just being in Canada, my best odds uh, at that time to – um, to, you know, maybe get to get a scholarship or 
um, you know, play at a high, the highest level I could possibly was, was to be in hockey. And um, so I chose that, but I did grow up uh, playing baseball and, um, and soccer, football. Um, that's my second passion for sure. And I've always, um, you know, kept on playing in, in the off seasons and just nothing too, uh, too formal, just kind of pick up matches with, uh, with pals and um, indoor stuff. And um, so I've, I, that's my second passion. I probably watch more football than I do uh, hockey um, in, in my spare time. So um, it's uh, definitely been my second passion and, and, uh, and now, you know, working in it a little bit in the off seasons too, is, uh, you know, brought to light um, more of the, uh, the other side of than just watching it on TV. So it's, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's great. You've, you've managed to, get involved in that sport as well. Um, and obviously with, with Team Canada at the minute, which must be must be great. So you said that from an early age you found that you were quite quite natural. Why do you think that was if you've not got that in your family? Um I don't know. I just picked up ice skating uh pretty well from what uh I recall and from my parents telling me and um, just the kids in my neighborhood were playing, you know, street hockey and I would join in with them. And that's kind of how I got the passion to, to get into it. And that's all I really wanted to do. And I was playing it in the house outside uh, in the, in the driveway, in the alley at the school in the parking lot and just hockey, hockey, hockey. And, um, yeah, it was, it was quite natural, like you said, uh, to, to get into it. And, um, yeah, there was no, it wasn't like my dad was teaching me anything or like he had played the sport before, or I had an older cousin or brother or something that would teach me anything or whatever. So it was kind of nice in a way. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't have that, um, you know, coming home from, from the rink, you know, I had my coaches telling me what to do or teaching me things. And I didn't have someone else telling me to do something different when I got home or, um, you know, telling me that was wrong or this and that it was, um, you know, it was, I see it now with working also, uh, with younger kids, um, coaching and stuff, uh, hockey back home, you know, once they, sometimes they're not even really listening to you because, you know, to, to their parents, you're not, you know, maybe t teaching them the right stuff and they leave the rink and the whole car ride home. And when they get home, they're being told something else. So it's, uh, I didn't have to deal with that. And, um, so I was just kind of really enjoyed going to the rink every day and, and learning and, and learning from my coaches and, and teammates. No, that, yeah, I def definitely agree with that. Um, that is great to, make sure you're listening to your coaches and the professionals who are there for that reason. I mean, would you always say you've been competitive, playing a lot of different sports? Is that, does that come naturally to you? Yeah, for sure. I definitely love playing all sports, um, basketball with, with, you know, in school. And um, I feel pretty natural that I could, you know, pick up a baseball and throw it. Well, I could, you know, throw a football. I could, 
Um, obviously, I didn't have the height, but, you know, you know, play some basketball and um, just felt pretty coordinated with all those sports. And um, a lot of them transitioned and helped me in hockey um, with the hand-eye coordination, whether it be from uh, baseball or something like that. And using my feet uh, with the puck um, to control the puck if I lose it in my feet and things like that uh, from playing soccer. So um, they they all kind of helped you in a different way. And um, they really def- they definitely helped my my hockey um, progression. Yeah, well, you've you've obviously had a, a fantastic hockey career that's taken you all over the world. So, touching on the the mental performance side of things, throughout your career, what exposure have you had to mental performance coaches and sports psychologists? Um, it really started from what I can remember is in junior hockey. So. Um, back in Canada and North America, I guess, um, you play, you know, your minor hockey and you can start playing junior some games at 15 years old, but you know, you can really start at 16 and it goes till you're 20 years old. And, um, so I started playing junior at 17, didn't really notice it there, but my 18 year old year, uh, playing with the Burnaby Express, um, we kind of had a tough start to the season. We made some trades. Um, we had our starting goaltender go down with a what's going to be a season-long injury. Um, and we had some other injuries as well. And our coach at the time, um, an ex-NHL player, brought in uh, Saul Miller, um, who's a pretty well-renowned uh, sports psychologist. And... Um, he came in and talked to all of us and individually as a team, um, you know, really worked with the guys that had the big injuries to kind of help them stay on track mentally. And at that level. So, you know, guys are friends and they, you know, we're playing together for two, two months or so. And all of a sudden, you know, there's a new guy in the dressing room and, you know, you're, your friend and teammate is, you know, shipped off to another team. So uh, he worked with us to keep us grounded with that and, and work through the the tough start we had in the season. And um, whether it was a mix of that good leadership coaching and, you know, players that we had, we uh, went on to, to win our, our league um, and then the national championship as well. So we had a very successful season, very strong, um, leadership core. And, um, I, you know, obviously Saul worked with them as well on the side to, to be there. And it was, uh, like no other team really I've been on with how we were able to reset after a loss, uh, in the playoffs, we never lost back-to-back games. Um, I kind of, at the time I was like, wow, it's like, the end of the world, the way it seemed like after we had lost the game, but it was just how important it was to, that we had to win the next game. And, um, you know, everyone was really bought in and um, yeah. So that was really my first experience and it was a very successful experience with that. And then um, in, in college uh, we had a former uh, USA army colonel um, who had retired from the army and 
worked with us um, and, and the other athletes on my team. Um, it was a very pressure oriented uh, situation trying to handle academics, a high level of hockey, as well as, you know, social life on a college campus. Um, you're young, you're in your late teens, early twenties. And um, to, to juggle all those uh, it's not easy for everyone. And um, he was, he was there for, for all of us to help us with that. And also um, there was carried quite big rosters in college hockey and it was a battle to kind of be in the lineup every night for games. So, um, you know, he helped guys that kind of got off or maybe out of the lineup in and out and that kind of stuff to keep us uh, in line and, um, you know, to keep us working and mentally strong to, you know, get ourselves ready and motivate us for our next opportunity kind of thing. So that was that. And then kind of when I got to the pro level, I haven't really noticed too much of that. I don't know if they expect it from you uh, when you get to that level to, to look for it yourself or to have, you know, that experience already. Um, so I haven't really noticed it too much. Um, at the professional level, uh, where I played, I've heard of other, you know, guys, um, that have played in different places that have used mental coaches, um, personally or through their teams. So I know it's a, a big thing today. So, um, I've heard a lot, lot more about it. And even working here with the Canadian, um, men's national team, I know they've used, uh, they use mental coaches, uh, throughout, their camps and, and in, in tournaments as well. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, at, at that elite level, it's, it's a must to have someone like that on your, on your team, um, on your staffing team. A lot of them make it a prerequisite that you need to have someone like that. But it's great that you've had that exposure, especially at a crucial point in your career where you were still developing as a player and as a person as well so I mean obviously you had that at that stage of your career and you've not had it much in the latter stages but is there anything that you learned early on that you've continued to use throughout your career that's helped you mentally prepare? Yeah um, obviously you try and uh, you try and learn from and pick up things from different coaches um, you know, different captains and, and, and teammates of yours. Um, just, you know, you try and pick out the good things that you see maybe work for the team or work for you personally. And um, I think I've kind of found ways to motivate myself, um, whether it was to prove people wrong, um, to get myself to the highest level that I could personally Um just different things like that. So I've been able to pick up different things. I think that's what um, I've been able to do. I've, I've never been really a rah-rah kind of in your face, uh, in the dressing room kind of guy. I, you know, like to really think about what I want to say and, and try and find the right times to, to say those things. And um, sometimes it's a good, good break for guys to, uh, you know, hear from a different voice, what, you know, you're always hearing it from a coach or team captains or something like that. So, um, 
yeah, I just try and find different ways to, to use what I've learned, um, in, in hockey and also just in, in my everyday life. Um, as you know, you start to get to latter end of your career, you need to, you know, you see how, um, you know, working outside of hockey, how, you know, the mental side of things is, uh, important as well. Yeah. Well, that's, it. um, I mean, these, these strategies and these techniques can be used throughout all areas of your life, um, but primarily it's focused on, on hockey. But as you say, when you're getting to the, the latter stages of your career and maybe thinking about a new career or, or what, what comes next, to be able to have that mental strength and resilience to move on to the next stage, um, which I know some players find really difficult when they have to leave the game. They don't know really what to do next because that's been their life for the past 20, 30, whatever years. So there's definitely a benefit of it outside hockey as well. I mean, in your, in your own words, how important is the mental side when it comes to playing at such a high level that you've played? Yeah, it's extremely important. Um, I found you know, I find I've learned that as the years have gone by. Um, nowadays, you know, teams are expecting players, obviously, to be prepared physically, you know, do the work in the offseason and be ready to, you know, for the start of training camp. And then in training camp, you know, you're put through all the physical paces again and um, to get you ready for the season. And you're going through strategies and team structure and, coaches have video and they use it to, you know, help their own players, but also break down opponents. And there's so much um, that, you know, if teams aren't using that, you know, they're going to really fall behind. So if everyone's kind of using all that, um, I think if you throw in the mental side of it, you'll just have an extra advantage on teams that are, you know, doing, they're doing all that physical prep and off ice prep, but, um, you know, if you're really working with the, on the mental side of things too, that I think that'll just give you that extra advantage, um, whether it be in a, in a one-off match or, you know, in a, in a series, um, just, um, I've experienced that very recently in, in our playoffs. Uh, so in our Ursa Liga playoffs, which is the main league we played in, um, we lost in six games, um, in the finals. And then we ended up, that team was also another Romanian team. Um, we ended up playing them in our Romanian championship finals. And we kind of always thought we should have, we had that sense that we should have won that first series and in their Saliga finals. And we just kind of came up short, um, for varying reasons. And, um, we felt we should have, we could have won that. And then that same team went up. It was a best of five this time where the first one was a best of seven. And the team went up two games to nothing on us. And in game three, up three, nothing. And in, in, uh, after the first period of game three. So um, a side note of that is we heard they already had the champagne and beers on ice, basically. Um, they had sent some staff and stuff to go get it after the first period because they thought they were going to win it that night. And um, 
varying different ways of motivation that our coach used and, and players personally used. Um, we came back, won that game, and ended up winning the series in, in five games. So um, we learned from such a recent uh, moment two weeks before that, losing to them. And I think we took what um, we still felt, even though we'd lost to them, that we still felt we could beat them, even though they we were basically two periods away from losing, uh, you know, another uh, series to them. So it was uh, pretty cool to go through that and um, as a group. And, and it felt it, it was really sweet uh, to feel that, uh, I guess, revenge, you could say, on them. Um, and just to know that it was the same players, same everything. But, you know, maybe just that mental aspect where they had uh, thought it was in the bag and and we still felt we we should have won that last series and we were going to win this one. So um, it was pretty cool to go through that and it was a special feeling after. Yeah, that, that, that's excellent. And it, it just that just highlights the importance of the mental side of the game where, as you say, it's the same players that were playing. Nothing's really changed in terms of skill level. You've not got much better in the space of two weeks or they've got lesser skill. However, that mental side took, you know, kicked in and really took these over the top. So, yeah, that's a great example of how important it, it can be. So, finally... What advice would you give to any younger players or players that are still developing um, when it comes to the mental side of the game? Yeah, I think it's just very important to to look into any ways that you can better yourself. Um, you know, most people just look into, you know, whatever sport they're playing, how they can make their self, themselves better in that, um, whether it's skill training, physical preparation, watching video, things like that. But you tend to forget about the mental uh, aspect of the game. And um, I think that's something that players should um, look into and try and find uh, avenues to to work with that. And teams as well, coaches, organizations, clubs, they should uh, be looking into that as well. Um, I know... Money is uh, an issue in different aspects and different levels and things like that. Um, but I think just any little bit helps um, where players can learn from that and um, bring it into their own their own game and and into their own lives um, to help further them as players, but also just individuals and as uh, boys or girls and. And um, yeah, I think it's a very big thing that they all levels should look into. It's not just something you need when you're developing. I think at a pro level as well, um, you know, teams spend money on a lot of things. And I think just a little bit can help um, on the mental side of things. And, um, you know, it could turn a mediocre team into, you know, something special. Um, when everyone buys in in a team atmosphere like that, it's um, you can achieve uh, great things and you don't have to be the best team on paper, or, um, the best player. You can, uh, you can achieve great things when you, you know, you lock in with the mental side of things. 
Perfect. Excellent. So what's next for you? You've you've mentioned you're doing a little bit of coaching just now. What what does the future look like for you in the game? Uh it's kind of up in the air. Um it's been a, a weird off season for me um, and my family just to get home and uh, see everyone. And, and uh, we had a, a son born in, in January. So it was the first time a family and friends were able to see him when we got home and just to kind of decompress, it was a long nine months away and not seeing everybody. And uh, throughout this pandemic, it was a tough season mentally um you know it was the same on the ice and and all that but yeah you just had to find ways to get yourself going with no fans in the stands and things like that so um yeah just kind of time to decompress short time to decompress as it, we got i didn't get back till the middle of may so trying to figure out what the future holds um and and go from there i know it's almost the end of July and um, decisions will have to probably be made pretty soon. But um, for now, just enjoying being home and, and uh, on the road right now, working with the, the Canadian team here and we'll see what the future holds. I, I don't have uh, an answer for that right now, but um, yeah, it's definitely a, a different time for me where I've always been like, I know where I'm going. I know where I'm heading next season and, uh, and all that, but, um, it's a big decision that my family needs to make now. So we'll, we'll see what the future holds. Well, good luck. Um, I know we'd love to have you back in the UK if there's an opportunity there. Um, but thank you very much again for coming on. Hello, I really appreciate it, especially just now when you are, but is it working? Um, but yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, no, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, it was kind of nice to go down a little memory lane there and, um, you know, go over some of the positive uh, experiences I've had uh, throughout my hockey career. And it just shows that I've come a long way and um, really enjoyed my, my time in the sport and um, look forward to hopefully working in sport one way or another after my career is done. Um, look forward to bringing that mental side of things and and really pushing that to any any players I work with or, or teams. Perfect. Well, I'll let you go and enjoy your enjoy your day off, and I look forward to seeing where you end up next. Thank you very much, Carlo. Yeah, thank you, and keep up uh, the work you're doing over there. It's great. Perfect. Thank you. See you later.